this is Erica Glessing, and you're joining me on The Erica Glessing Show, where I find the most inspirational people in my world, and I bring them to you so you can get inspiration as well, and mine today is so inspiring. Her name is Callie Gilbert. She is a filmmaker, a producer, a photographer, and she really just woke up one day and said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to live my dream. Does that sound about right, Callie? Pretty much so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for people who've been sort of sitting on their dream or thinking about their dream or not really in action on doing their life purpose, can you just give us like, what's what's some what are some steps someone can do to start kind of just acknowledging that bigger thing? Yeah, well, you mentioned it right there and it's taking action. You know, I've, I've published several books and when I published my first book back in 2011, which is it's simply Sausalito. I wrote quotes that went along with the photographs that I was taking. And one of the quotes says, dreamers paint a pretty picture, but those who take action create a masterpiece. Mm. And I basically live my life like that. You know, it's like you can dream all you want. If you don't take a step forward towards your dream, that's all it's going to be is just a dream. That's my birthplace. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was born in Sausalito, California. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Great little town. Well, as you said, there's always synchronicity everywhere, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, maybe just for people with that sort of like photo, that photo bug, that kind of, it's almost like a passion of taking pictures. How did, how did you nurture that? How have you like found room for that? Yeah, so I've been a photographer my entire life. I've ca carried a camera wherever I go. I always my camera's like the American Express card, right? Don't leave home without it. And I, but for me, it was, you know, just a joy that I love to do. It was a hobby. It was never anything that I thought would end up being a career or anything more than that. And then in 2000, nine, I guess it was. I was living in Sausalito and my friends were, you know, continuously saying, you know, Kelly, take the most amazing photos. You should do something with them, you know, because I would take them and I put them in albums or put them up on the wall and that was it. And so I thought, well, maybe they're right. And it was like something kind of ingrained in me that this could possibly be something, but I had no idea what. But in 2009, I submitted a photograph to the Sausalito Art Festival, which is this massive festival that they have every year. And it was rejected. And I thought, oh, no big deal. You know, didn't have any expectations for it. So it's really, not, you know, nothing to worry about. Went on with my life. The very next year, 2010, I submitted the same exact photograph to the festival. And this time they accepted it. And it went on exhibits. It was a three-week exhibit prior to the opening of the festival where it was like a gallery opening. And they had the opening night reception and someone purchased my photograph within the wow. 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes of the opening night reception. And it was just like, whoa, okay, maybe I have something here. Wow. And that's really how it began. My Photographs have now exhibited in galleries across the country. I I can remember when I was um I, I was on a call earlier today with a lady that teaches how to get that critical voice out of your head, and 
I remember being hired by a newspaper and going to the Sacramento Bee and saying to myself, like, not really figuring out how they could hire me. <laughs> like, when they see how I really write, you know? <laughs> like, I'm so going back to the tiny little paper in Tahoe. Like, you know what I mean? It was like this yeah. sort of this disbelief of when, and even though the world is saying to you, you know, hey, you've got something there. You've got a gift. Exactly. You, know, you are beautiful. You have something to say. You know, yeah. um, so maybe just talk a little bit about that critical voice. And I know this must come into play as someone who does art as you do in such a big way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What, do we, mean, what do we do with that critical? Yeah. Self-sabotaging jerk. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think it's, I think the first step is acknowledging it, right? You know, it's, you hear it and it's like, okay, well, thank you for, you know, voicing your opinion and I acknowledge you, but I don't necessarily have to listen to you. So I think it's really, it's that acknowledgement that it's there instead of just trying to ignore it because you, you know, you ignore something, it becomes more stronger than it was before. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And I think that's really important. And, and it's, you know, that's with anything as an artist. I mean, I wear many hats as an artist, you know, I'm, photographer, an author, a filmmaker, and in each component, there's always going to be something that comes in that, that inner critic that's going to be there going, well, you know, you've never done this before, you know, who do you think you are, but why not, you know, if, if you don't try, you're never going to, you know, see what your true potential is. Mm -hmm. um, maybe just talk a little bit about, like, uh, the question that's showing up for me, it's a little bit vague, so maybe you can make sense of it. It has to do with, like, how do we know we're being like original or authentically ourselves or, you know, there's kind of this big thing, you know, be authentic. And part of me says, well, I can't be anything but that. But then I worry about being too much like others. Yeah, that's tricky. Um, it really, I think for me, when I really discovered my true authentic self, it was when I was going through a massive, massive, period of transformation of literally losing everything and being left with nothing but who I truly was. And so when I wrote my fifth book, which it's simply a serendipity, which was my first book in my memoir series. And that one really shared the story of that transformational period. I just was as raw as, you know, I could be. It was like, this is exactly what happened no sugarcoating anything and the reception of that was amazing it was you know people were drawn to that you know because it was like we wanted to see the real thing we wanted to understand what you went through and I think when you do that you know you're the only one that can tell your story the way you can because you've lived the experience right but others can relate to things in their own life that will come up as the result of reading your story and, and tapping into to moments that you're sharing. One of the things I always say <laughs> is when you tell your story, you change the world. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, I believe that everyone has a story and it's just a matter of having that opportunity to share it with the world in a way that they can. And it, it could be through a photograph, through a book, through a film, through so many different mediums, but it's, how they feel, you know, they can best express themselves. You know, some people are 
better at, you know, sharing their voice. Others are better at, you know, writing. And so it's just really different modalities and just figuring out which one works best for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I actually believe that's true about social media as well. Like when you said, I go over with my camera, well, Erica, I go over with my journal. Right. And I have like three, I have different sizes. I have one that goes in my purse. <laughs> I have like, yeah. I have a really big one where I mock up like book, like I mock up like storyboard books that are going to be written. And yeah, I have all these different my kids just always give me notebooks when they don't know what to give me for a gift. Yeah, right. You know? Absolutely. It's like, that will always, and, and they're always like, but you already have that. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't have enough. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'd love it if you'd share with us the story of your documentary and its success and how that came about. Just share. Yeah, with absolutely. So story. Yeah. So last year, 2019, at the beginning of the year, I launched my own production company, Tower 15 Productions. And I had a number of projects that I wanted to do. I had started to focus on a feature length documentary entitled Pearl, which was about six women who had come together to share their stories of homelessness to success. And then find ways, solutions to once and for all end homelessness and spent about a year trying to raise funds for this documentary. I had an amazing all-female cast and crew, really incredible filmmakers. And so it was wonderful. And we thought, well, you know, we've got everything together. This should be, you know, a piece of cake. Well, it wasn't. It just, we tried everything to raise money for this film. And for one reason or another, it just wasn't working out. And so by the middle of 2019, I had run out of money. I didn't know what, if I was going to be able to keep my home. It was just all these different things going on. And one day I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm in this kind of fear-based moment space. I probably should look for a job outside of film. And so I was trying to get to a job fair in Culver City. I live in LA and where I live, it's about, you know, 30 minute drive, not even that from where I am, but I don't have a car. So I had to take the bus and I thought, all right, well, you know, I got to get to Culver city. And I literally did not have enough money to get the bus there, which was only a few dollars. And I was just like, this isn't good. You know, what am I supposed to do here? And so initially I was in that victim mentality of, you know, I'm trying to do what I think I'm supposed to be doing. And I can't even do that. You know, this is really not good. But then I took a step back and I thought to myself, all right, well, I don't have the money to get across town, but what do I have and what can I do with what I currently have? And I looked down, I said, well, I have a phone and I have a computer at home and I have editing software and I can talk to people and, you know, I can make a movie, I can make a film. And so with zero budget and some help I just, just want to pause you there. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> just only because that's a long time of one voice. And so we have another voice. And I, yeah. I just think like, it's so fascinating to, um, when we look at the power of the question. Yes. Because in that situation, one could have just gotten a bottle of something and drank oneself sick. Right. And instead there was this moment where that's like, okay, you know, what's a question? And your question was like, what do I have? 
yeah and what can just, i do with what i have yeah. yeah and that's just a really powerful question and i feel like right now maybe more than in the past people can say to themselves okay i don't have this i don't have that <laughs> what can i do oh, with what i have and i just find that to be like i just wanted to kind of call that question out yeah absolutely it's pretty powerful yeah and, the thing, yeah. and so with no money and i just called up some friends who were involved in the homeless organizations and i said can i interview you and they said, of course. And then I called up some other friends and I said, you know, I need some music for this film. Can you donate it? Of course, I made a 15 minute film that is currently on the festival circuit. It's, it's winning awards. Um, I was uh, received notification that I was invited to go to the Cannes Film Festival. And it was just all these things were happening. We had the LA premiere at the famed um, Chinese theater here in Hollywood. And it was just amazing. I mean, the first two months of 2020 were like a dream. I was living the dream. Wow. And then of course everything stopped, right? Right. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I look back and I'm like, you know, to me, everyone, I, I always see these posts nowadays going, can we just kind of delete 2020? And I'm like, no, because 2020 for me, the first two months were amazing, <laughs> you know? Right. And actually, and, there's something that is, is showing up for me just when I look at, tell people about, tell people about kind of some of the things that came out of that. Like, what are some of the tenets that you learned from the people that you interviewed? Yeah, so the, the purpose of the film was to be like a kind of um. Uh, a preview to the Pearl documentary because the Pearl documentary was the, the big baby. And so I thought, well, maybe if I can make a film on my own with zero budget and show the world what I can do with, you know, in those circumstances, then maybe I can draw attention for Pearl. And it was amazing because the focus of the film is on the homeless crisis here in LA, but also with a focus on prevention because I think too much of the focus in a lot of things in the homeless uh, issues is around what do we do once somebody becomes homeless rather than how do we prevent somebody from getting there in the first place. So I Absolutely. wanted to share that. There's so many moments of power on the way there when, yeah. when things can change. I love that focus. It's so, yeah. it's so yeah. empowering because you can go and, and help people who are, who need a hand up, but who, you know, just haven't, it's amazing. You know, I've gone through some similar situations myself. So um, this was so much fun talking to you. I want you to tell my audience um, where they can see the film, reach you, find out more, support you, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So my main website is calligilbert.com, C-A-L-I Gilbert, G-I-L-B-E-R-T.com. And all the info's there. Great. Thank you so much, Callie. Thanks for coming. Thank you.